What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Buffer Overflow podcast, where we talk, tackle, and dissect all sorts of topics about software engineering, its culture, and how we do it in a remote company of about 100 people. I'm Jordan Morgan, and with me is Joe Birch. Joe, how you doing? Hey, great to be here. I'm great, thank you. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So uh, this is our first uh, go at this podcast, um, and to kind of kick things off, I thought we'd introduce ourselves just briefly here in case people don't know who we are. Uh, so we both work on the mobile team at Buffer. Uh, specifically, I work on iOS, and uh, you cover Android. Um, and because of that, we have a lot of uh, interesting uh, things we run into from an engineering perspective, which kind of led to this topic and uh, this podcast. And uh, speaking of, we thought we'd kick things off with uh, a topic that Joe came up with, and it's how do we work together as a team when it comes to features that are being built on iOS and Android? Um, and by this, Joe, I'm, I'm assuming you mean things like uh, major features we release, uh, like how do we kind of coordinate those things across both of those platforms? Yeah, totally. I think like it's definitely something that comes up when talking with other teams, other companies, like, oh, how do you coordinate this? Like, for example, if we take, uh, I don't know, like multiple composers that we built mm. out last year in the publish app. Um, like how, how did we work alongside each other to, to build that out? Um, yeah. And I think. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're a smaller team than other, maybe other bigger companies, but um, I think there's still a lot of interesting crossover that can happen there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, multiple Composer, is, that's a great one. Uh, for some context, if you're not familiar with Buffer, uh, we make social media tools for small companies. And our Composer is kind of the core experience of, of the web app and uh, the mobile apps. It's where you, you, know, you create your posts to uh, add to your queue, you can add media. Uh, videos, do all sorts of things, add hashtags. So when we set out to do this multiple composer project you're talking about, it it was essentially a rewrite on iOS's end. Did it end up being a, a rewrite over on Android? Um, not so much, because I think we had rewritten our composer already. <laughs> not, <laughs> We've not, been there. not too long before. So, <laughs> Right. Everyone has that one piece of software that kind of gets continually uh, rebooted. And at NetBuffer, it's, it's pretty much the composer, I think. Yeah, there's so much that goes on in there, so much that changes. But um, yeah, absolutely. So it was, yeah, it was it was cool to build the multiple composers and and sort of have that as the opportunity to tidy things up a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I relished in it. Uh, I remember just deleting some of the files that we had that were legacy files and just hitting Command N for a new file. It felt great, but uh, intimidating all the same uh, <laughs> since it's the most core part of the whole app. But uh, to to kind of back up, so. We have this major feature. It needs to go out on iOS and Android. Uh, timing's kind of important on this one because you want to release those at the same time across both of those. So I was wondering, could you kind of give us like the overview of like just the holistic thought process that we kind of have? Uh, of course, it differs a little bit on iOS and Android, but more as the mobile team, how we kind of uh, tackle these types of things. Yeah, so as you said, like we have that kind of, I guess, a deadline in the sense of a feature is going to be released at this date. And both teams need to do that. And a lot of the time, that also coincides with the web team as well. Um, so multiple composers wasn't going out at the same time as web, but there's often features like Instagram locations and first comment was being shipped at the same time um, the whole way around the company because um, marketing needed to put that out on on, on that date. Um, so quite often when that happens, we get a feature like that and the PMs often give us those features, give us this work to do, say, hey, we've got this new feature, um, all the teams need to, to work on that and have it you know, have it done by this date, or marketing will sort of assign a date for that to go out. 
Um, and at that point, there's often conversation that happens between all of us, like between the mobile team and, and, our, and our mobile lead. Um, but at that point is really when our, our mobile designer, Anne, um, does the research and design around those things. Um, it depends on the feature. When I say research, um, depends if that if it's something that's a bit more up in the air that needs that sort of customer uh, interaction or whether it's something we're just taking from web and integrating into mobile, which is when there tends to be more on the design side of things of uh, making that fit in with uh, mobile. Um, so once Anne's done that, um, that's a chance for the mobile team that the engineers to sort of chip into those design things too, like ask questions, maybe give a bit of feedback of um, how things could be done differently or how things could um, help us be more lean when it comes to integrating that feature. And then once that phase is kind of finished off, it's kind of the handover phase, I guess, where the design's done and Anne hands that off to us and, and the four of us work on that um, as a team on, on our platforms and, and have that ready for that uh, release date. So it's kind of those, I guess, three different parts involved, like four even like PMs and marketing, um, down to Anne and then down to the mobile engineers to, to implement that feature. Yeah, that's that's a really good overview. And, you know, I think before I worked at Buffer, I didn't have a full appreciation for what that entire pipeline looks like. Because I think as engineers, when you think about making a feature, you inherently think about it from just a coding standpoint. Uh, but when you see these massive like paper documents we have of, you know, marketing getting in there saying, here's a timeline, then you have the PMs in here saying, here's how something works. And then, you know, design gets in there. It's really like, as cliche as it sounds, a, a team-wide effort. Uh, but when it gets down to mobile, I think it gets really interesting because something like multiple composers, it's the same as it is on web, but it's also different. And the one thing that we've always been really cognizant about, I think, on our team is that we don't really want to take the web app and just kind of shove it into an iPhone or, or Android, right? We want to make it... Uh, you know, geared to those platforms. And this just happens to be one that is a really kind of similar across all platforms. And the, the process to me gets really interesting when you get down to the designer, uh, because the designer, having a designer is new to us. Uh, and uh, our mobile designer joined, uh, I don't know, I wanna say, I might be off here, give or take six months ago. Um, mm. And before that, we didn't have that step in the process that you mentioned. So that's been like a new one for us to kind of take those designs and uh, have something to run with, which has been really helpful for us. Um, I know on iOS, once we get those designs, it gives us a much better blueprint kind of what we're building and how. And it's a lot more clearer, like what, what it is that we're doing rather than there's less unknowns and there's less changes that tend to happen, um, which I think definitely is noticeable around the team as well. like we're both we're all getting the same design handed off to us like android ios in the same package and we're given to, to work on that rather than kind of um doing things sometimes as we please like i, mem I remember with old features or previous tasks like just doing what we felt was was best which i think is good uh in some cases but sometimes you know as engineers <laughs> we, we can come up with anything <laughs> absolutely yeah we can and and it is surprising when you think about you know how long we've been around uh, I'm coming up on four years at buffer and to just now have a designer is really kind of unheard of right uh, I know I've had some conversation with friends like hey you know how how did the d design work and I have been like well it just kind of happens I guess we just know what we need to make and we just kind of uh, go at it uh, but it's been a new dimension for us and it's definitely a beneficial one uh, it was like 
Christmas morning for me when we first got those design specs because I was just thinking, I don't have to do this. This is great. Someone else is thinking about this. Um, and then from there, it's really just about integrating like best platform practices and things like that, like, you know, things that are nav- native to both the platforms uh, that work in different scenarios. But mm. yeah, that that's an important part for us. And I know with multiple composers, it's it's really interesting when we both come together. So to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, we do have a weekly sync on the mobile team uh, on Thursdays. And when we have big projects like this, those, those are really important. Uh, of course, we talk throughout the week. Uh, everyone on the team meets with one another. So there's a lot of back and forth that happens there. But the weekly meetings where we kind of put it all together and make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, and a project like multiple composers is like those meetings become so key, don't they? You know, because we both even though we're chatting all the time, that's when you really figure out like kind of where you stand across both platforms. Yeah, there's a lot more like clarity that comes to the project when we have those meetings. Like even if it's just like little questions you have to ask and then that will be answered and then something else will come to mind or someone else to be sort of have a thought of what you said, which sometimes you don't get in the paper docs and stuff. Um, so they're really good, good point for us to sort of like uh, share our thoughts and just chat about things and um, yeah. I think they're a good opportunity, especially being every week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, consistency is key with those for sure, especially in a remote setting. Uh, I mean, that I, I love the remote setting a lot. Uh, the one part that is always challenging that everyone's trying to figure out is that you kind of take for granted at a, at a job where everyone's on site is you just kind of ask the person next to you or you're all in the same room. Um, yep. And, you know, so that information flows so quickly. Um, And that kind of brings me to another point that I thought would be really interesting, which is just kind of mobile team communication as a whole. So obviously we have these features that we work separately on on iOS and Android. But as as we're mentioning here, communication has to be like a cornerstone of it. Um, And I have like one example that I kind of thought of recently where where this kind of came up when we were working on an enhancement to multiple composers. Uh, you can add videos to your posts and buffer, and and we got this new feature spec that said, hey, you can now you can choose like a video thumbnail cover, right? So you can scrub through the video, you know, pick the freeze frame that you like, and you know we can send that to the API, and that'll be the thumbnail that shows. Um, and I remember when we were talking about that, there was one field on the API response. I don't remember specifically what. But I think we were using it in different ways. Uh, I, remember, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And, and those are the things that like you catch in these. And I remember thinking, like, wait, are you sending a string or am I sending a bool? Uh, which I, I know you could fill a podcast with strongly typing uh, API responses to. Uh, we, we've all got thoughts on that. <laughs> but, you know, you work with the situation that you're in. And, and when we have that, um, you know, just quick back and forth, it really, like, finds those issues quickly, I think. Mm, yeah, I think it's. I think I remember I had something different. I think it was docu- <laughs> documented differently, and I couldn't work it out. And then I remember talking to you, and you're like, "Oh, we've got this." And I was just like, "I wish, like, <laughs> I wish." It's it's because I think you went online, but I was just like, "Oh God, why didn't I see this?" Exactly. Yeah, um, and and I think that's like symptomatic of all the different ways we've tried to do communication. I mean, we, we've tried it a lot, right? And I think that specific. Uh, time we're talking about we were really trying heavily to document things we did you know like Mm. as soon as you did anything for a feature maybe write it down so it could be referenced later yeah i think as well though like even even with loads of documentation you can still run into these things like there's you know you could document everything but there's always likely going to be one small thing that gets missed out or that you discover at a later date um that no one else might have seen yet 
and I think that's why this communication is important, especially like in Slack and stuff. And just, yeah, like you said, any, anytime you come across something is like, put it down and you don't know when you're going to need that or when someone else is going to need that. Like, you know, you could be working on that feature in two years time and be like, what <laughs> yeah. was this, what was this for? And then, then seeing the documentation that there was something that, you know, you wrote down yourself two years ago that you've probably forgotten. <laughs> I, yeah, I've run into that quite a bit. Uh, I tend to document quite heavily. I mean, I know everyone's got their own thoughts on it, uh, whether code should be self-documenting or, you know, if it, if you should be more verbose. Uh, I, I'm not afraid I, to say I definitely lean on the more verbose side, probably a bit more than I need to, but there have been some times where it's come around to, to really save me on stuff like that. So, you know, the, the uh, risk reward has always kind of been in, in my favor, I feel like, towards over explaining mm. something. But yeah, like you have to translate that over to the team too. Um, and we've tried a lot of different programs. I'm, uh, let's see, Carrot, I believe was the one we tried recently where we just tried to keep it in-house to just the mobile team. Uh, we're using threads now. Um, I mean, that's one byproduct of a remote team, right? You get to try like every single startup that helps facilitate team communication. All the tools. All the tools, yeah. We, everything. <laughs> we've used a lot of tools. Yeah. Um, but I think like if someone just was asking me at a conference or, you know, a friend or another engineer, like, how do you how do you keep the communication between iOS and Android? Really, I think the tools kind of become secondary and it's just like, consistency is one thing and just keeping it top of mind like you have to when you do something you have to think of android and vice versa and i think that's what served me the best yeah and i think that's definitely like something we've got a lot better at over the last couple of years oh um, definitely i think i think when i first joined uh, there was a lot of i think there was more of a i don't know what the right word is maybe a gap like maybe a communication gap oh for sure um and I think, yeah, definitely over the last few years, it's been a lot better. Um, and you can definitely see that in, in the conversations that we have and, and how work gets done, which is great. Like, it's cool to have seen that evolved in that way. Absolutely. Uh, I know there have been a few times, like, not even as far as, like, maybe a year or two ago, where you might ask a, a question about, like, a feature, and we'd be like, oh, we already shipped that on iOS. <laughs> you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> I definitely remember that happening. I was like, okay, cool. Well, well, I guess we're doing that now, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess I just copy copy your screen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It, it used to be really loose and fast. And and, yeah. and on one side, I love that about Buffer because we do have the freedom to, like, really move fast and just ship things, and there's a lot of, you know, trust in the teams. But at the same time, we've kind of, I feel like now I try to take the best parts of that, but also kind of add a little bit of sanity to it <laughs> so mm. you, we don't stealth launch features on iOS anymore and, and you have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's all it's all documented now, which is, which is great. Which is, I appreciate that. Check the paper. We got you. <laughs> um, uh, that's really good. But, but yeah, on um, on the, on the topic of communication, I think uh, an interesting thing that we tried recently was because um, we have for anyone that doesn't know, we have we have different products at Buffer. We have uh, Buffer Publish, um, Buffer Reply, and also Buffer Analyze. Um, we only have mobile apps on two of those, which are Publish and Reply, but um, they're both active applications and, and we've been working on them both so there's had to be communication coming from the like the mobile team with the published team and with the reply team as well so that's like a lot of people involved and, and one of the things that we tried recently that i thought was worth bringing up was about how we tried having having one person from each platform team in those meetings for publish and reply so Publish and reply might have a, a stand up or, or, or a weekly weekly sync, for example, and then someone from 
the mobile team on iOS and someone on the mobile team from Android would be placed in each of those calls. So um, Andy, our iOS engineer, was in the publish one, and then I was placed in the reply one to try and sort of get those um, get information from those teams and, and, and be involved to relay that content back back to the mobile team. Um, and that's just a way to not only have us more involved, but yeah, keep that communication flowing between the teams. And I think that's actually really helped. Um, I've noticed like when it comes to features or when it comes to like tweaks, there's definitely been a lot more context and a lot more um, being a lot easier to have that uh, communication flowing between us. I'm not sure if you've felt the same there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a relatively new thing we've got. And I think it's it is really good because since the beginning of Buffer, there's always been this kind of disparity between the rest of engineering and then and mobile. And and not that it's uh, anything that's, you know, on purpose. It's just that our team is kind of more small and nimble and we've got a different product, uh, you know, base that we that we serve. And so there was a disconnect for a long time between things that would happen in web and, you know, Andy would just kind of hear them in passing or you would just kind of hear about them or, you know, we'd catch it in some one of our tools that we use uh, to, to talk about things and, you know, we'd say, oh, should, should we do this? Um, and this makes it more purposeful because now, like, you know, as Marcus, our manager, likes to, to say quite a bit, like, now mobile has a seat at the table, so to speak. So mm-hmm. when they're talking about things, uh, just like I mentioned earlier, how when I do stuff, I got to think about the impact on Android. The same is kind of true of the web team now. Like if, if they add something, they think about maybe what the impact would be on mobile. And and Andy is there to remind publish and, and Joe, you're there to remind reply. And that just kind of makes the whole chain connected in a way. Uh, mm. So we don't miss things. Uh, we've gotten lucky on quite a few things that we haven't missed, but they've just been kind of on on accident. Right. So this makes it more purposeful. Yeah, it's less less about ceiling cutting and being oh, yeah. and being direct, directly involved. Um, yeah, and there's already been yeah already been examples that that we can think of that has um, that have really helped there. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how that evolves and seeing seeing how we can really sort of make the most of that that relationship there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good thing, and and I, in hindsight, I think it's working out really well keeping one person in place to do those. I know at first uh, we kind of had this idea like someone will just kind of you know, take turns, like I would go to the next one, then Andy would go to one and then vice versa uh, with you and Victoria on Android. Um, But I think it's better now that we've had the system in place for a little bit to just keep the same person in in line. Of course, I could always step in or Victoria could always step in if we need to, if someone's gone, but it kind of establishes that relationship, right? And uh, it it just makes communication a bit clearer Mm -hmm. because that's always the challenge on remote teams, right? Like who do I go to for this? Or have they read this? Do they know that? Uh, this just makes it just easy. And that's mm. probably the biggest benefit I've seen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Having that one point of contact rather than, like you said, being a bit up in the air, like, oh, who do I reach out to? And that when we go back to having someone put something in the mobile channel and like everyone chips in and it's just, you know, too many cooks. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, well, those are, those are some good points. I thought we'd round off this uh, introductory topic on uh, feature specs too, because... Obviously, iOS and Android, they're, they're different platforms, right? So we have the same feature that we're building, but the specs are different. Um, so yeah, I was wondering if you could kind of just quickly dive into how do, how do we think about those features or how do we even plan them? Um, we've kind of touched on communication, but what does the nitty gritty look like when we get a new uh, feature and we need to spec it out? Yeah, so the common thing that tends to happen is someone creates a paper, <laughs> a paper <Yeah>. document <laughs> in Dropbox. Because um, there's usually 
when it comes to whether it's there's an API endpoint we need to use or whether there's something that's you know in the design that needs to be talked about um, in a in a from a technical end uh, standpoint, um, we'll have a paper document that someone will create. So for example, maybe Andy will make a paper document to talk about the endpoints for multiple composers or the endpoints for the the video thumbnail feature, and um, that's really that chance of someone to who is maybe looked at the endpoint and maybe looked at the details there to document that information for everyone else to look at because then it saves us all jumping into the api or the api documentation to, to find out for ourselves and that's information that is not going to change between ios and android so that makes sense for that one person to just do it um and like it doesn't really matter who it is as long as that information is down and you know and we save we save time across the board there from rather than four people doing it to just one person doing it um and that's a, a good chance for that person to sort of like take ownership over that and, and share that with others. And I mean, as other than API stuff, I think, I think maybe, maybe that's something we could do better at because I don't think we do this currently, but like if there's anything around like uh, specific technical approaches, whether it's how we're going to build something or um, whether it's like a higher level uh, from a higher level engineering view or like a lower level, and position of like sharing how we're going to build something when it comes to like the code and structure and um, i'm not sure if there'd be benefits there uh, i know ios and android are you know different platforms but at the end of the day it's still the same um like programming par programs and all that so yeah i'm not sure if there's, there's anything more we could do there maybe but um most of the time for now it tends to be like api specking and, and such yeah and i think that makes sense right because like you said those are going to be the the common ground between the two platforms and then kind yeah. of how we build it uh does get into that domain specific knowledge um i know like off the top of my head one i would i don't want, know if you would consider it major but one big architecture difference between ios and android is i believe you all keep keep a local cache right of of all kind of the updates and things like that uh, yeah. Whereas iOS is is just kind of bound to the API, and we, we do cache some things, but not the updates. Uh, so you like if you popped onto airplane mode, right? It would say, hey, you know, you're offline. Uh, mm. So you know those things are a little bit different. But when we do build the features, like you said, as long as we have the same understanding of what we expect to get back from the API, uh, that's that's the biggest one. Um, even when we are building things that don't require an API, that kind of gets into the territory you're mentioning of maybe we could do better at, you know, kind of specking out how we're actually building it. Um, mm. For instance, like our uh, internal retreat app that we use, <laughs> the very first uh, version of that, uh, right before you got here, um, I had done something with a Boolean property and uh, Tom, who is our uh, PM of Analyze now, he actually started on Android. And we, long story short, we made them do different things. So like it was a filter on a map or something to like show all the people that were attending the retreat. And mine like hid, you know, segment A of people and his hid segment B. And so people were really, really confused at first. Um, <sighs> and it was the way I named the property to it. It made like zero sense, like is maybe hitting or, or, or something ridiculous like that. But uh, those are the things we catch now uh, because... I don't know. I'm realizing you write a lot more on at a remote job. Like that's just a byproduct of it, uh, mm. because you just kind of have to. Um, and then you have that host historical document too of kind of how how things should work, quote unquote. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think that that didn't. Re I think we got good at that this retreat app. Like the yes. first time it was built, I think there was a lot of documentation around like how we're going to do stuff and um, and how how stuff should be built. Like not only from like the uh, the back end side of things but also like the the more like front end uxy um kind of stuff as well 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, because that's one that needed to work like almost one to one feature parity. Uh, yeah. And what, what do you know? Like the fourth version, we finally finally got it. So <laughs> we got we did, there. We we got there. Uh, we're, we're all ready to build the fifth version. So. Oh, I know. Uh, we're gonna rebuild the chat again. I'm sure uh, that's like a rite of passage at this point. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Uh, we're we're hitting that uh, time limit, so I thought we could uh, kind of close things out with uh, some reader mail questions that we kind of put some feelers out for. Um, and the first one I'm going to let you kind of lead off with, and it is, what are the difficulties you found when working on the same feature across platforms? Okay, wow. Um, difficulties. Okay, so, yeah, I guess may, maybe it might have been some of the things that we've already touched on around mm-hmm. being like um, stuff being done. For example, maybe if something was done on iOS before it was done on Android or vice versa, like if we did something and shipped it without iOS having done it. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing as such. Um, but I mean, often it's, you know, there could have been space to build on something and improve something. Like it depends what it is. If it's like a, a really minuscule feature, it like doesn't matter. Um, but if it's something that like could really have had a, like a, a big improvement of UX or UI even, um, I think that's something that... Um, we've got better at, but I think it's probably something that does happen at a lot of companies um, for reasons of it being, obviously it's good because you can ship stuff, but at the same time, like you want to kind of nail stuff down and like really uh, get it, get it nice and, and, and good for the user. Right. Yeah. And I think we saw this just recently. Uh, I was adding a, a split view controller to uh, reply and and you kind of pinged me and were like, hey, this, how are you doing this on iOS? Uh, and and you know if you're if you are a mobile developer out there, basically on iOS we have a navigation bar for the uh, you know detail or the master view, and we have another navigation bar for the detail view. So you can add in all the little glyphs up there that you want, you know, like sort or sign out or you know new or wh- whatever it is. Whereas on Android, as I understood it, you were saying that that's basically one bar. So something like that mm-hmm. would be kind of take some hackery to pull off mm, yeah because we have the two different bars from each screen um so it's like well you know how, how do we get fit all this in and i think that's interesting because like obviously again it's not a bad thing like the ios team having done that and built that out ready but then you get to think oh if maybe when our designers design something for the android solution maybe that could have a really big impact on the ios solution like Maybe it could make an improvement there, like rethink how that bar works. I know that's an, a native thing of having the separate bars, um, but that just maybe it wouldn't have had maybe it wouldn't have had an effect there. But that's that's a kind of example of of how that could have um, tied in there um, yeah. to have have an impact after after running into that issue on on one of the sides. Absolutely, yeah, and that kind of uh, brings up the bigger view of like you just always have those conversations on mobile because you have two mm. dominant platforms, and at the end of the day, they just work different differently in some you know, very important ways. So maybe it's a different design on reply for Android, or maybe it works different on iOS now. Uh, but those are the things you find out working on the same features pretty quick uh, on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that is like sometimes some of the difficulties, I think as well, sometimes that just the native features, like the way things are done on a platform, like maybe there's a specific way the button wants to be done. Or um, I don't know, like, I think I think it was something we've been working on um there was a button um i don't it's not released yet basically there was a button the fab on ios it's not a fab but you know the, the plus button on the dashboard oh yeah <laughs> um, yeah you hit that and you're shown two options to like open a screen and like 
on Android, it's not really done like that. So it was like, um, had to like talk about ways we could do it on Android. Um, and although that's not like a big difficulty, I think that's still a small thing that can often happen is like finding the best way for it to work on both platforms. Like sometimes it takes a little more time, but it's definitely, definitely worth that investment um, for the, the best UX for the users. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's always like our internal running joke, right? Is that you're going to someday sneak a fab into iOS, which I always try and say, no, keep, keep it over there. Yeah, yeah. You haven't found it yet? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> in the newest update. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, let's close things out with uh, one last question. And it is, do you schedule for features to go out at the same time or is it kind of when they're ready? And I'll kind of lead off with that one. And take the middle ground and say it's a little bit of both so for major features like we discussed earlier uh multiple composers those are ones that we kind of want to land at the same time uh and that can be hard sometimes too because on android you can kind of ship when you want and push to the play store when you're ready whereas ios we're kind of beholden to the app review process which is kind of sometimes an opaque and confusing <laughs> flow to go through. Um, so, you know, you never know if uh, something's going to happen there and you're going to have to account for it, but you kind of give yourself this, uh, you know, window of error to kind of give or take one or two days. But when, I, I don't know, like if I had a chart that said like the importance of the feature on the Y axis and on the X axis, it was, you know, do they need to go out on the same day? It just kind of grows linearly. Like if it's a major mm -hmm. feature, like, yes, they, they kind of want to go out at the same time. But as you mm -hmm. get further down that chart, it, it tends to be less important. Um, you know, so if we've got just, say, for example, we, we wanted to add like the shuffle button somewhere else in the queue to like, you know, move your updates around. Uh, we probably wouldn't be too concerned about where that goes out on iOS and Android. Of course, you don't want to keep it months in between because then you'll get the inevitable support email that's like, hey, you know, they can do this on Android or they can do this on iOS, but, you know, I can't do it on my other phone, which is iOS or Android. So for that reason, you do want to kind of keep things in the same ballpark, I feel like. Mm, yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Like if it's a major feature, like keep it in sync. Otherwise, as and when, but not too, not too far apart. <laughs> right. It's funny, it's funny you say that though, because we don't have shuffle on Android. So, so. <laughs> oh no, I just <laughs> so flooded a, the inbox. It's got, yeah, couple, couple, a bit more than a couple of months gap there. But, oh no. <laughs> but um, we, we'll get around to it. Um, <laughs> but That's yeah, I, I completely agree. Like we just, I think that helps us keep lean and just helps us like keep getting like shipping stuff, like not having too many restrictions around that. Um, like just shipping when we're ready and, and keeping that, you know, keeping that quite flexible. Um, and I think, I think that's really good for like, uh, like motivation and sort of morale, like to have that ownership and knowing that we have that control. Um, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant, uh, struggle between having a process in place versus being able to move fast, which is something that I always <laughs> yeah. could talk about quite a bit. Uh, it's a tough balance to find, but you know, we, we're, we're getting closer there every day, I think. Yeah, totally. But, uh, Hey, I think that was uh, uh, some good discussion there for our first episode. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, you know, as they do on every tech podcast, if you want to find us online, we are at Buffer Devs on Twitter. I'm at Jordan Morgan 10. And Joe, you are? At hi there, Joe. Uh, I was, I couldn't that's remember if it was hey or hello. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just let him handle it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for joining cool. us, everybody. And until next time. <laughs>